Hey everyone, you're listening to Unconventional with your hosts Rajveri, Chirag Shah, and Dr. Summit Shah. Today we're going to be asking the answering the question, Nana. We're also asking, how would you measure your life? Harvard Business School's Clayton Christensen teaches aspiring MBAs how to apply management and innovation theories to build stronger companies. But he also believes that these models can help people lead better lives. During this conversation, all three of us, we're going to you know, we're going to explore questions that everyone really needs to ask. And, and there's usually three questions. How can I be happy in my career? How can I be sure that my relationship with my family is an enduring source of happiness? And how can I live my life with integrity? So guys, Summit, I hear from you first. Yeah, so I think there's, uh, you know, he, he unfortunately passed away about a year ago. I know he made a huge impact on uh, with a lot of his writing and teaching. I'm happy we're able to talk about this. I think that, you know, there were some main areas that we, I wanted to focus on. You know, first was talking about creating a strategy for our lives. Next was allocating our resources appropriately, uh, creating a culture, avoiding the marginal cost mistake, and remembering the importance of humility. I think that, you know, we can start with just creating a strategy for our life. You know, we have, I've thought a lot about trying to create goals, so short-term goals and long-term goals. I'd love to hear from you guys as to what specific goals you guys have created and how they are driving what you guys are doing. I know I'm not as intentional, especially with my long-term goals as I uh, could be. Chirag, maybe you can start with kind of some goals or how you're, what strategies you're implementing uh, for your life. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a good question, but also I think a loaded one. And I, I kind of in that same band camp where I'll go through you know, some moments in my life where I'm very clear and intentional about goals and then other moments where I'm just trying to just 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 trying to like get through the next like three months, six months. What ends up happening and I and I wish I'd kind of leaned more on specific types of goals, but what ends up happening is I think there's a lot of like near term goals or, or goals that are kind of more tangible that, that you kind of lean on or lean to when you're wanting to make goals and a lot of those are just personal goals, right? So uh, reading X amount of books, you know, I want to read X amount of books this year. So how many does that come out to a month? I want to lose X amount of weight, how many, or I want to work out X amount of times a week. Like these are very sort of, you can see these, they're kind of like New Year's resolutions. But I think the harder question that you ask is these like strategic type of goals. How am I looking at my career? What am I looking to get out of my career? Not just how happy I am with this specific job, but what's the longer sort of What's the what's the the long term view that I'm having with regards to creating strategic goals with regards to my career? And then I think that same type of long term view also applies to life. I actually I, I don't have any off the top of my head that that are very long term, right? Um, Raj, you know, like we be, we recently became fathers. You know, I just had a kid last year, so for right now, like you know, my wife and I are both just starting to get back to work, and so we just have these like things that we need to like be mindful of, but the goals haven't yet formed, right? Have you guys ever written down anything? We did last year. I, I haven't this year yet. No, we did a whole visioning exercise last year with, with myself and Simone, my wife, for people that don't know, but, but not for this year. So uh, one thing I want to add in here, going back to the loaded questions, it's like that sense of change that happens, right? Like uh, Chirag just said that we, we both, we actually, we all became fathers last year. And I think that one thing 
that Christensen really explains is that it's not about the short-term goals, right? It's like really having a clear purpose in your life, which is super essential and something that you have to think hard and long before you actually like really understand it. And I think that your purpose of life kind of evolves or changes when you have added responsibilities um, that are there. So, you know, uh, when those added responsibilities come in, like you also have to take the opportunity or you have, I, I guess you face that you have to grow within the responsibilities. And then you have a sense, uh, another sense of responsibility to really contribute to others, especially those that really depend on you. So I think that really understanding, you know, like how we measure our life, I think it goes down to that first question of like really understanding your purpose first, right? Like what is your purpose? And and I guess my question is that have your per- has any of your purposes like or your main purpose evolved or changed like before and then after having a family? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Raj. I'm actually going to kind of take a slightly different take on the fatherhood and family life. I think that one of the things I was acutely aware of before having a child is how that can consume your life and they can be the center of your life uh, really in a uh, more in a negative way than a positive way where we forget about maybe our marriage, our other passions in life, our purpose in life, giving to others, doing, you know, connecting with others. And we become much more, I would say in a way, inward focused. And by inward, I mean more our immediate family unit and not uh, community oriented. And I think that I've definitely noticed, even though I was aware of that, I think I've noticed, seen myself drift more towards that inward, what my, which takes a lot of resources away from you and other aspects of life. And, you know, there's this, I was just working out with a buddy earlier today when we were talking about, well, you know, my kids going to like, you know, whatever this XYZ lessons and this school and this thing. And, you know, we hyper parent so much now and we we spend so much time and energy trying to aspect of our children's lives is that really fulfilling our purpose maybe it is but maybe we are it's the easy thing to do and we're not taking the other more uh, difficult risks in life to pursue our purpose and passions and other aspects of your life. Uh, what do you, Jirag, have you uh, seen yourself do that at all or what's your thought? No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I think, I think it's that, I think it's, it's being in a position of being able to operate from a place of having that, that bigger purpose, which shouldn't be, which shouldn't um, be deviated because you're having a life change and that like having a child, right? I think if you have the, the why, if you've answered that question for yourself, like, this is the why, or this is my life's why, then I think you always remain focused on that. But, you know, to your point, you know, the resources will get sucked from that, right? And then put towards more of that child. But I think, I, I think those are, those might just be small, I wouldn't call them bumps in the road, you know, that's a bad thing, but I think they're just small sort of challenges that we need to, need to kind of face and, and readjust. Like, how can we both, you know, how can I have a you know a bit a big family while also owning a, a a side business while also having a full time job right um, if somebody's very clear on their why and really clear on their purpose for for where their end goal is then I think and not really the end goal because there isn't really an end goal but just just life's purpose then I think that they'll 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 be better equipped and I think better positioned to be able to to navigate through the lack of resources or lack of time that they might have. 
No, I want to make this a little more personalized and I'm going to put you guys on the spot here. Give me three goals or visions for your life that you have. Three goals or passions or purposes. It doesn't have to be in any particular order. They don't even have to be the three most important. Just give me three. I can go first. This is something that I've been living by for a very long time. And this is all thanks to actually Summit who gave me the book, um, Your Roadmap for Success, and how John C. Maxwell really defines success as something that I've been living for a long time. And 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 I guess it kind of caters towards those three. Is like really knowing your purpose in life, uh, working to your fullest potential, and sowing, sowing seeds that benefit others. And then for me, purpose in life is to do something that has impact on hopefully billions of people, um, to make a dent in this world and really leave a footprint behind uh, people to remember by and really, really make a difference, either if it's, you know, um, providing education or healthcare or fighting for climate change, right? Like going against climate change. So always doing something that's meaningful and then just potential, right? I feel like, I mean, one of the reasons why we are doing this podcast is that there's always room for growth. Growth is never ending. And then lastly, sowing seeds that benefit others. You know, uh, Professor Christensen, like really, I you know, kind of identify this aspect of hope, hopefully teaching someone either you're managing someone um your employees or your children and having them the ability to think for themselves and make decisions for themselves is a big big win because it it puts them into a position of success as well um i think what people do too much of is telling them how to think instead of telling them or like not telling them how to think telling them what to think and versus enabling them how to think. Does that make sense? Yeah. He also quoted Frederick Herzberg, right? Who said, who asserts that the powerful motivator in our lives isn't money. It's the opportunity to learn, grow in responsibilities, contribute to others, and be recognized for achievements, right? And that kind of like summarizes the same quote that like John C. Maxwell gave about success. What do you think, Gerard? What are your, name a couple of goals for your life. Yeah, so Raj, I was telling you, I admittedly didn't read this entire article, but I did tell you that I skimmed through it and I had a quote that I wanted to, to reference. And that was the exact <laughs> one. Thank you. Well, there <laughs> yeah, you go. <laughs> like, no, it was literally, it was, it was literally, literally that line. Yeah, no, Summit, I mean, yeah, I mean, to put me on the spot, you know, to, to think of something, I guess I would categorize it into kind of three buckets. One is the self, one is someone other than myself, so others, and the other one is, is something that's present. For me, I went through a lot of changes last year. Obviously, you know, I, I owned a fitness facility, obviously with shutdowns and everything I had. Ended up, I had a COVID baby, ended up um, having to get back into the corporate space, also closing my business, also trying to tackle, you know, being first-time parents with my wife. So there was a lot that happened last year. And so I think for me, when focusing on myself, I think it's, it's more about just growing as an individual, not just as for myself, but also like as a father and as a and a husband just being more self-aware. I think Raj, that goes with the whole like growth mindset thing. I think that's that's in, you know in perpetuity. You want to be able to be able to like grow and get added value. You know things that you're reading, discussions that you're having like this, and so forth. So I put that in the self, just like self growth. And I'm I'm actually getting into a better habit of Raj ever since you told me like the 1.5 reading speed. I'm like okay, I can do that on an audible. Let's do it. So I'm like now getting into like holding myself accountable for getting an X amount of books, you know, under my belt <laughs> on Audible. But that's for the self. And then for others, and that goes with how, you know, my wife and I, you know, Simone and I talk about this, you know, we're just looking for ways of how we can 
help one another help other people. So she runs an organization, obviously, that you guys know of Jihadi Sisters that helps um, women in, uh, in DV situations as well as just general sort of women empowerment issues for, for folks in her community. And I've actually committed myself to helping more within her organization. So when they need volunteers, when they need people to drop off food, things of that sort. And so I'm kind of filling that bucket with, with, with that. And then the present is, I'm now at the point where, you know, I'm, I, I've kind of put the entrepreneurship on the back burner. Last year was a tough year. And now getting back into the, into the workspace, it's, it's me knowing that that is the right and responsible move as well as being ambitious about that move. And so for the present, I think my goal is to have an impact on the company that I'm working for, both through direct growth contribution to the company, as well as contributions to others, you know, just being a manager at the company, just how I can contribute to other people at the firm. It's pretty amazing how like all three of our like goals are very similar align, right? Like we're all like, I, I know Summit and your wife, you guys started a foundation. I just have the Javeri Foundation. Chirag has the uh, Jahaji Sister Foundation. So it's kind of cool that philanthropy and, and some sense of altruism is, is part of our mission on, you know, or we implement it into our life. And I guess like we all look at measurement in the same way as well, right? Like really a, how are we really giving back to the community, like putting a measurement on that? How are we growing as individuals? We're putting a measurement on that. And then like really having a true sense of purpose and meaning for family and career and um and and putting a measurement on that. So which is which is really amazing to see that how how we've evolved to align same way. You know, when I reflect back as to why you guys are my best friend, I always think about well, it's, I think that the thing that really ties us beyond just a, okay, we had similar shared experiences growing up is that we all have a growth mindset. I think we are, we are constantly devoted to improvement. We're ambitious. We want to be better. Being better doesn't always mean more money, more career status, you know, bigger house or something. But it, I think it, there's modern day, especially in our privileged class successes, really bro- much broader than that because most of us have already accomplished the monetary successes to that most of the world would consider to be successful. But we're, we're really looking beyond that and looking to contribute. We want, we're devoted to our health. We want our bodies to be, you know, in great shape and, and, uh, and feel good. We want our relationships to be good. We want our family lives to be good. But I think that there are, you know, when I think about, I've always thought about buckets that every every human on earth probably wants to be amazing at. But I think our resources are finite. And so we have to always choose where are those resources being allocated? Which bucket are we taking away from to put into something else? You know, like there's a self bucket, which involves our self-health, working out, diet, everything, meditation. There's our uh, family bucket, our marriage and our kids that we want to devote to. There's our career bucket where we obviously want to excel. Mm-hmm. It's where we uh, get a lot of the resources to do other things in life. We There's our friends and community bucket. And then I put even one more bucket is, to, is, is really the giving back to others who are unrelated to us at all. And sometimes those buckets overlap a little bit. But really, I think when you take a little bit out of one bucket, it, you have to, to put, some, uh, put more into another bucket just because our resources are relatively finite. 
No, you're absolutely right. Right. And you got to be very smart on, you know, how you allocate your resource too. And then, I mean, we can go into that whole marginal cost discussion uh, right after this, but like, do you think that setting up a culture kind of dictates the resources as well? Because if you have a cult, so like, so if you set up a culture of, you know, this is how my life or this is how this family is going to be ran or a company needs to be ran, right? So within that culture, you set, you embrace certain priorities and, and follow procedures by instinct and assumptions rather than, you know, explicit decisions. So, so that's how you create a culture. So like that will also dictate like the resources that you should allocate towards, right? So if my wife and I decided like part of this culture is that we have to dedicate a certain amount of time as family time you know, and, and resources of your, so for me, I think the most important resource is time, right? So like if, if you're putting more time into your family, then that is the priority. And that's this culture that you're setting for yourself and the rest of the family around you. So I think it all depends on the culture that you want to create um, for your life and your family's life. Yeah. You're not saying that that should be dictated right if you're saying that should be like that should be like the culture that you want to create for your you and your bucket right like you're not correct correct yeah and then and then it evolves right it could you have to be agile enough to kind of reallocate certain things as well so that that goes back to like you know growing within responsibility right because you're you're constantly learning even new experiences and, and new moments. And then you also have to be agile enough to quickly, you know, ability to make a decision without really affecting the culture that you've set from the get-go. I think that's becomes a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And that culture, another word for it, which you kind of right. mentioned is prioritization, yeah. right? You have a priority list, which is flexible. It's fluid. Everything in life is fluid, but you have a rough sketch of, okay, well, in general, I'm going to prioritize, you know, my, if my wife asks me to do something versus a friend asks me to do something, I may have to prioritize my wife's happiness first. And it's not always going to be the case, but, you know, in general, we prioritize things like that all the time in life. It can be work versus, you know, parents. It can be anything, but we have to prioritize. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's ultimately, I think it's ultimately what's going to make the individual happy, right? If you lay down those buckets, right, somebody might not have a, uh, a give back to others bucket. They might just find, hey, you know what? If I only have a limited amount of resources, what what am I what am I as an individual looking to get by allocating into one of these buckets? Let's just say, you know, let's say that's happiness. Okay, well, I'm going to forego my give bucket because I'm going to get that happiness with the resources I'm putting towards my family bucket. Like I think, right? There has to be. But here's the thing: when okay, so happiness is a tricky word because you have happiness on achieving a goal right like the way i define it is like a temporary fulfillment of joy and so do you guys find a difference of in terms of happiness when you like you know you're happy when you accomplish something that is short term versus like having a journey and and doing a long-term investment of having long-term happiness or or putting yourself in a position of constant state of of having moments that fulfill you with joy. Like, how would you guys define happiness? Yeah, what, what I call one a high, and I call one happy. <laughs> yep, and people have defined this. this is, people define this as day-to-day happiness versus fulfillment versus meaning in life, right? And yeah. I think all of those are important. You can't be miserable day-to-day 
And so I need those, you know, endorphin kicks from working out day to day to eventually accomplish my goals that make me feel fulfilled. But I can't also just, you know, get drunk every day and feel high, you know, and feel great every day but then not accomplish my goals to feel fulfilled either. So it's a balance. Well, no, no, I would argue that you could, you could say, you know what, hanging out with my friends and if that, whatever, whatever that involves, you know, going out, mm-hmm. to the bar and hanging out with my friends, I'm filling that bucket, right? Just like you are, let's say someone, or just like someone else is working, taking the time to work out versus spending time with their family, right? You're still, you, like you said, you're, you're, I think the point that you make, which is a great one is that there, there has to be a give and take, right? Like there has to be this, like you must be there, you don't have a, you can't spread yourself across all the buckets evenly at all times, right? There's more to that, right? Yeah. I think we all want to be perfect dads. We want to be perfect at our career. We want to be perfect friends. We want to be perfect husbands. And we want to be in the best shape of our life. Well, it's just impossible. It's like like the U.S. economy. There, it, Nothing is infinite. The resources are always limited, no matter what thing, you look There at. is a slippery slope to <laughs> yeah. this, right? To happiness, right? Uh, and this is where the marginal costs will come in. Because you can't do something that gives you temporary happiness, that fulfillment of joy, at the cost of sacrificing, you know, long-term happiness. So, like, I can... And this is where procrastination comes into place, right? Like, I can... Be like, oh, you know, I'm going to binge watch this show right now on Netflix, even though I have piles of, you know, emails to respond or I have a presentation due the next day. And then, like, you know, you're getting this fulfillment joy of watching the show that, you know, provides you entertainment. But then the long term effect is like stress, anxiety, nervousness, and just that aspect of procrastination that you didn't get as much done as you need to be. So there is a cost to it. So when you do set goals, it should be, you know, very calculated in, in certain ways and really understand the marginal cost that that happens to there uh, to that in a way. Like same thing, like even marginal costs with even gym too, right? Like I'd be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat this pie of pizza right now. I'll work out tomorrow, you know? And then and like sometimes that ends up opening a slippery slope of building this unwanted habit and and next thing you know you're 20 pounds like overweight right <laughs> because you, you keep pushing it off so so you're saying why do people do it well i think it's easier right it's it's he has a quote that says it's easier to hold your principles 100 percent of the time than it is to hold them 98 percent of the time and i agree with that yeah like if i you know, if you're going to take time off, then it's easy. It's a slippery slope to just uh, give up eventually all the way. I have mixed feelings about that. I think Jared and I have talked about this before where, you know, going all out and a hundred percent of the time is great. And I think it, it definitely helps to hold you to, the, to your principles, but sometimes it's not always sustainable and you do need to go 90, 80% of the time. And then of course there's the 80, 20 rule which we're all aware of where 80% of the benefits come from 20% of the work. And I think that really applies to almost everything in life, including, including competence in your career. So it's what that, that marginal benefit of that 20% to make it so you get to a hundred, you're only, you know, you're putting in 80% of the work for that. So I don't know. I, I see things both ways, you know, and I related it to CrossFit where oftentimes many people are going a hundred percent every time, but then eventually peter out or sometimes peter out. Do you guys use the Eisenhower matrix at all? Like in order to determine like when to complete and what are high priorities? I'm not sure if you guys kind of, you know, organize. Okay. I don't know. I've, I've never heard Check of that. it out. If you're having trouble making a decision on like what is high priority, 
and what is what are low priorities or things that you need to cut out. Eisenhower Matrix is basically uh, a quadrant grid that helps you really make better decisions on you know how you want to set your schedule for the day. But Shirag, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, the thing I had like with, with the matrix was I think it, it's very like I don't know individual based. I guess. I mean, for me, I mean, and it also based on people's personality. Like I, I, I lead with a lot more emotion than I probably should. In which case, a lot of things aren't just cut and dry in terms of decision making as they should be. But I think there's definitely a, you know you have a middle ground that it, that it works in black and white. The the point I was going to make was yeah, I think the people. People are looking for getting the best of both worlds, right? The person wants to eat the pie as well as not gain any weight, or the person wants to binge mm-hmm. and also wants to binge, but also binge on the Netflix show, but also wants to make sure their you know their essay is done or something. But I think if the the point was, I think if if people are looking to maybe you know like you said, like doing the eighty twenty rule, I, I'm okay being good at everything, right? But I don't think there is that, right? I think there is that, like I need to be okay just being good across all the all the buckets in order for me to be, have sustainable happiness then try to maximize two buckets or try to maximize something at the same time. It just doesn't work. And I think everyone's different, right? I mean, that's why you see like, let's take athletes or even really successful people in their careers. They just don't, they are not, you cannot be perfect at everything. So when you are perfect at that, your career or one thing, that is coming out of another bucket one way or another. You know, but they don't have those other buckets, right? They don't even exist. <laughs> they don't even have yeah. that. No, I yeah. mean, a lot of them do, though, right now, but it's just, it's a balance. And I think you have to find, I think that's one thing Julie and I have learned as uh, we've had a kid is recalibrating our balance. What is our balance? Because our balance isn't what every other parent balances. I think we're a lot, a lot of times actually more hands off with our kids. And I think that's very different than maybe other couples we know, but that's okay. It's just what kind of fits you what's your balance between your bucket and what will help you lead a meaningful life going right, back well, to- it goes back to that uh the interesting word of like being perfect right and i agree that you're not supposed to be perfect in everything however i don't want it to be misinterpreted as not having high standards on things that you do so if you feel that you can do it better or like there's room for improvement I, I highly encourage that versus having some sense of complacency. I'm not sure if you guys agree to that or not. Yeah. And so again, it goes back to the A20 where I think some things I need to be, I want to be perfect at and I'll sacrifice other things to be perfect at that. But other things I am okay. And I need to be okay with just being 80% or just being 60% knowing that that's better than 0%. Then I, some, so many people I see go from zero to a hundred. So it's either I do it a hundred percent or I do it zero percent. And what that ha- what happens with that is that they they end up just not doing the things they could be doing fifty percent. They do less. So, but everyone has a different balance. Some people only like going all out and just being a hundred percent or zero no, percent. with for them. sure. That leads to the last thing, right? Humility. Like, how does humility play into all of this? And I think for me that being humble will allow you to have an increased opportunity, an increased like count of opportunities to learn, right? Uh, One of the measurements here is like how many opportunities you have to learn. And if it's a pretty low number, that means something's wrong, right? But I I think humility allows you to grow in a different way of enabling you to learn different perspectives from different people and just giving you more opportunities in the long run. What do you guys think? 
you know, it was really interesting because he actually doesn't define humility as how you would expect, like someone who's humble, someone who's modest. He actually focuses on, he specifically says that people who had high, who, who are humble actually had a high level of self-esteem and they felt very, they knew who they were and they felt good about who they were. And I, I think that is probably one of the most important things I would want to uh, bestow on my kids is, you know, you need to be confident in who you are and feel good about who you are because I think so many bad behaviors and actions and emotions stem from feeling bad about, feeling bad on the inside. And that reflects on how you act uh, on the outside. Absolutely. I mean, those are where insecurities come from. And this is like what I tell my, you know, TKS students and hopefully my daughter later on. In order for you to have that high sense of self-esteem, which then leads to being more humble, is to really have a curiosity mindset and allowing them to figure things out, right? So like if they continue to ask why and, and seek that understanding and continue to really learn and understand you know, certain things that they don't know about. And the more knowledge they build on that of like, just keep asking why, and then also enabling them to figure it out, right? Not just spoon feeding them, like allowing them and just guiding them to figure it out on their own or achieve it on their own tends to build that high self-esteem and confidence, which then later on, you know, it increases that humility aspect of it. Because in the end, they're going to be like, oh, you know, like, I didn't know. I thought I assumed it wrong. But now, I, you know, I learned it a different way. And I really know, you know, a lot about the subject. Right. So I think that it, it really goes down to like the foundational aspect of basic growth mindsets of curiosity and figuring things out. Drag any closing, any final words? No, no, Rod, that, that's exactly it. Um, I was just going to uh, reference the that Super Mario the Super Mario Brothers uh, TED Talk that I had sent you guys the other day, which speaks exactly that, right? I think people that are willing to fail, are willing to try and fail multiple times at the end of it will will have higher chances of successing than people that aren't able to take failure. And I think that's a very important thing is to be able to say that, you know what, I'm going to try and fail because I know one day I will succeed. Yeah. And I'm going to just, uh, we're going to close this out. I'm going to leave with his, some of his final words is, don't worry about the level of individual confidence you've achieved, but worry about the individuals who have helped become better people. Think about the metric by which your life will be judged and make a resolution to live every day so that in the end, your life will be judged as success. Hopefully, we can all live up uh, and focus on that. Well, there you have it, guys. What buckets do you feel is important to you? And then how are you guys going to put, you know, how are you guys going to measure it, right, in your life in order to be more happy, in order to be more successful? Love to hear your thoughts. Once again, thank you for joining Unconventional. Until next time.